0: to the Machine Learning and Healthcare podcast by Skin Analytics. I'm your host, Neil Daly, and this is where you can hear all about how machine learning technology is changing the world of healthcare. This week, we're talking about causation and correlation with artificial intelligence. And I've got Dr. Jack Greenhouse, who is the lead of research of AI within Skin Analytics with me today. Jack, can you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, uh, yeah, my name's Jack Greenhouse and I'm the AI Director at Skin Analytics.
0: So by way of an introduction to the topic I wanted to introduce a couple of concepts that we covered early on in the podcast and to remind you I was talking about uh, the challenge of unpicking what causes uh, the the causal relationship between data and outcomes versus correlation between data and outcomes. And one of the challenges in artificial intelligence is how well you can really identify those causal relationships so that you can get better at actually making the diagnostics. And to give a bit more color about that, I wanted to introduce uh, a little bit more detail around what correlation causation means. I'm gonna do it from a um, less scientific approach and Jack, you can correct me if I say anything ridiculous. Yep, sure thing. So from a correlation perspective, Um, I can give an example to help explain what that means. So there's a very famous uh, example of how correlation can be very misleading. If you look at data for ice cream sales and murder rates in New York, you can see that the more ice creams that are sold in New York in a year, the more murders that occur in New York in a year. Clearly no one's saying that by people buying more ice creams, that's going to generate more murders. So there's a correlation in the data, they're linked, but neither one causes the other.
1: There's a, there's a great website that throws together a load of weird correlations, I think Death by Drowning in Swimming Pools correlates with a uh, movie starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it's called uh, Spurious Correlations, it's great, look it up.
0: So that I think is a really fun way to just, just check out what correlation is, because it is a simple concept on paper and it's simple when you explain it in that way, but it's actually a very difficult concept to unpick from science. Now, if we're going to talk about causation it's the opposite if you're looking for something that causes something else clearly the relationship uh, is is one way so for example high blood pressure is known to be linked or one of the causes of heart problems that's a very top line introduction to causation but the idea is if that one thing is present then the other outcome is likely or, or is going to happen with some degree of confidence fair enough jack yeah yeah absolutely is there another website spurious causations <laughs> they should be
1: maybe it, I mean I think this this particular topic is is particularly apparent in machine learning uh, and it 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 kind of shows itself in in a thing called overfitting whereby you train a model and it overfits itself to noise in your data set rather than uh, finding anything useful um, One thing which is, uh, one area this this shows up in uh, diagnosis of skin cancer for example is a lot of the data sets we look at the skin lesions which are marked for biopsy, so the dangerous ones that could contain malignancy are marked for biopsy by uh, a blue circle which is drawn around them in pen. If you train a machine learning model on this data set just to recognise interesting features in the images you'd find probably the model would identify this blue circle as a sign of malignancy when obviously that's complete nonsense and has uh, no useful use at all.
0: And that's that's not just uh, limited to skin cancer. I think this is the application of any of uh, the deep learning or machine learning approaches to any problem is this risk of yeah. overfitting. And, and would it be true to say, Jack, that when you have an algorithm and you're training it, it's not able to distinguish between what's causation versus what's correlation. So, for example, um, the machine will see that blue circle around the skin lesion. It's not able to say, actually, this is just a dummy variable that I should ignore. Mm. I mean, the the, the reason a circle is there is because
1: there's a sign of uh, features of malignancies have been spotted by a human, which obviously there's a correlation between that and features potentially that exist in the data. But it's
0: complete nonsense, the thing you're trying to learn from it. So, so actually, that's, that's particularly interesting and a little bit nuanced because what we're saying here is that if you circle a skin lesion, it's a way for the machine to go, actually, this is something I be, should be paying attention to. Mm. But in actual fact, there is something in the lesion that the AI should be paying attention to because it's been circled for biopsy, so it's a high-risk lesion. And so I think that, that is where the real complexity of these things comes in yeah. because you want to try and model out the noise of the circle Um, but still not model out the noise of the actual features that are being generated that are interesting. How do you go about doing that? Would it be true to say that the most important thing here is to curate your data set so that you make sure that any of these biases that get introduced can be modeled out with enough data with enough variation in them?
1: I mean in the context of healthcare I'd say the best way to to avoid falling into these traps. So that's an example I have gave that's kind of quite easy to understand. Uh, Some of the, a lot of the overfitting is a lot more abstract and hard to pinpoint. So a lot of the data that goes into training these models will come from uh, say a particular site uh, captured by within a particular demographic, captured at a particular point in time and so on. It could be there are strange bits of noise within these data sets which are quite abstract and hard to identify but cause the model to overfit work very well on the data set you have and then when you apply it to a yet unseen data set, captured in a different site, uh, on a different demographic, or on a different number of patients, you see a massive decrease in performance. Um, in terms of healthcare, I think the only way to properly ensure that your algorithm is generalizing, uh, isn't overfitting and that will work in the real world is to conduct a proper study, a prospective.
0: That's brilliant, so let's come back to that. I want to dive into that in more detail because I think one of the things that you just highlighted there is something that we see time and time again. When I'm speaking to clinicians, when I'm speaking to commissioners, when I'm speaking to the trusts, when they're thinking about commissioning AI services in healthcare, there's this real sense from the doctors that I want to know how it's working so that I know that it is working. And one of the challenges on answering that question for a clinician is if an AI system isn't particularly good at pulling out causation versus correlation. How do you go about educating that clinician that the, the technology does what they want it to do? And I think this is a topic that is broader than just our conversations. It's something that happens across m- machine learning. And, and to illustrate that, about two or three weeks ago, Yan LeCun, who's one of the big names in, uh, in artificial intelligence research, yep. Jack, I'll let you explain why, uh, pulled out a series of tweets talking about causation versus correlation. Before I describe them, Jack, can you tell us who Jan LeCun is? Uh,
1: So, Jan LeCun is a machine learning uh, researcher. I I I guess the the thing he's best known for is um, developing the convolutional neural network, which is state-of-the-art in terms of uh, image
0: recognition. Um, which is very much the field that we're in, which is very much the field that is making the greatest inroads in healthcare from radiology to dermatology. Right now, the application application of artificial intelligence to in healthcare is based around convolutional neural networks pretty much.
1: It, it, yeah, it's, it's safe to say most things, if they involve analysing an image or trying to learn something from
0: images, they'll use a convolutional neural network. Um, So what was really interesting is Jan LeCun, who knows these technologies inside and out, was uh, talking with quite a bit of passion really about this challenge of causation and correlation. And uh, presumably he's been doing some work in the healthcare field and has been challenged about this a lot himself. And what was obvious by the tweets, what the tweets were saying basically is, Correlation causation is the, the ultimate way for us to understand why something does what it does. And that's where we all wanna to get to. Uh, but the tweets really highlighted that that's not necessarily possible in every situation and gave a couple of examples of why correlation causation or how it, correlation causation may not be known, but a technology is still useful. One of those examples was the, the wing of an aircraft and how it generates lift. And the, the whole concept here was very much, we don't know exactly the mechanism, we've got a bunch of ideas, we've got a bunch of mathematical models, but we don't have the definitive evidence or, or uh, model for exactly how uh, a wing generates lift. Similarly, in healthcare, there's a, there's a number of examples of how drugs interact or work, and we don't know the exact mechanisms, but we do know that they work, so how do we know that they work? This comes back to the concept of how you design a study. So Jack, if we're going to design a study, how do we know that the effects are real versus the effects being uh, just something that is showing up in the data?
1: Um, if, you, if you train a model based
0: on a historical observed data set,
1: and then you test it using, uh, as of yet, completely unseen data set captured uh, in a different setting with different circumstances and when you've controlled the capture of that data, so you know who the patients are, have a full medical history and so on, uh, then you can be assured that the, the the algorithm's working in the way you think it is.
0: So that sounds like a perspective study effectively. Yeah, that's course, right. Yeah. Which is if we look at how every healthcare technology that has been deployed effectively has been assessed, this is the level of evidence we require across the board really. Yeah. So. One of the things that uh, we didn't mention in a prospective study that's incredibly important is the fact that you need to statistically power the study to be able to take the results out as gospel. And what we mean by that is that when you have a population and you have a disease, you can use a statistician to work out how many patients do you need to see, how many positive outcomes do you need to see or incidence of the disease within your data set to make sure that the conclusions that you draw are correct for that population it's called statistical power um, it's a concept that's probably above my head um, but we work with statisticians to help us understand what that looks like which is why our, our study recruited over 500 patients we had more than 1500 lesions in the study yep. that enabled us to make sure that the results that we saw were statistically valid so it doesn't matter if it's causally related or correlated because you can not ignore that but you can count on the the outcomes of the study because the statistics hold yep that's right yeah so i guess the last thing that i would like to cover in this little deep dive into correlation causation i know it's quite stats heavy and i hope we've kept it light enough for you uh, but it's really uh, a simple thought experiment that uh, Jeffrey Hinton, who's another researcher in AI, which uh, Jack, I'll let you introduce.
1: Uh, yeah, he's a big, big AI guy uh, from the University of Toronto. Uh, it was a big image recognition uh, competition called ImageNet, which was basically uh, uh, this big competition that was aimed at recognizing a thousand different image categories. Uh, and Jeffrey Hinton, one of Jeffrey Hinton's students uh, came up with a convolutional neural network as invented by Jan LeCun uh, called AlexNet uh, in 2012 which completely blew everything else out the water and was kind of a big part of sort of the deep learning revolution
0: I guess. It, it really was the catalyst for the deep learning revolution. Absolutely
1: yeah but Jeffrey, Jeffrey Hinton's uh, an AI researcher who's been working on neural networks and this kind of thing for
0: a very long time and so Jeffrey Hinton posed a question and uh, Dr. Eric Topol, who you may know from Deep Medicine, who's been working with the NHS and coining the concept of the gift of time uh, using artificial intelligence to give clinicians more time to see patients, they both posed uh, to their students, one in the machine learning field and one in the medical field, this theoretical question. If you had a test that you knew was right 80% of the time, and you could explain in great detail to the patient how that it worked and how the outcome was generated would you prefer that and would you use that over a test that it could be right 90 percent of the time but you couldn't explain the exact mechanism of working to your patients and i think the answer is pretty clear that you would choose a test that works more effectively if you want to get better outcomes to your patient It's a controversial view. I know that Dr. Hugh Harvey, who's pretty vocal around uh, the development of artificial intelligence in uh, uh, radiology, was quick to jump on the comment and suggest, well, that's taking out of context that healthcare is a lot more complicated than that. And I'd argue that while that is true, the statistics or the maths behind the, the decisions that we make still holds true. So in skin cancer, it really is a decision. Do we let primary care doctors make a decision Or do we let the artificial intelligence help make that decision where it's going to be right 20% of the time more often and it's going to reduce the number of referrals from primary care to secondary care to find those cancers by about 60% or more than 60%. The answer is pretty clear that if you can't show the causality in that relationship, it doesn't matter as much as long as you can prove that the statistics hold and that the service performs in the way that you expect it can.
1: Mm. I mean, I I would argue... um a lot of the power that these machine learning models have is the fact that they're able to learn very complex uh, things from the data directly. I mean, the the idea behind machine learning, I guess, is that you have relatively simple learning algorithms that can learn very complex uh, nonlinear relationships between features in your data set. So you're not limited by uh, the understanding of the person building the thing. So for example, you can build a model that can learn huge complexity from the data, which is far beyond the comprehension of a person building it. Uh, which means you can build something that vastly outperforms a human, possibly. Uh, as long as you properly validate it and prove it with studies and evidence that it's actually working and can be deployed in a real-world setting and can generalize, then I think that's, that's kind of a good safety case.
0: After studying maths at uh, university, I never thought that I would say, thank God for statistics, but <laughs> uh, here I am saying thank God for statistics because it gives us a way to test these systems and know how they work. And on that bombshell, I'd say thanks very much, Jack. I appreciated the time chatting today.
1: Thank you. Thanks a lot.
0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Machine Learning and Healthcare podcast and for making it all the way to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow us on all of our socials so you don't miss out on any of the latest content around machine learning and healthcare.